Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Hello and welcome along to another edition of Graves on Gridiron, overcoming the odds with myself, Richard Graves. Each week we take a look at the games on offer in the NFL. I shall select three of them and focus particularly on the lines set by the odds makers. In some instances, I'll explain why I think that line should be a little bit higher. In others, a little bit lower. And we've done quite well through the first four weeks, hitting on nine of 12. However, I cannot lie, week five was a tough one. The New Orleans Saints and Washington football team did their thing, covering the total number of points in their game. But really, the New York Giants were scuppered by a rash of injuries in Dallas. And then what about the Cleveland Browns? They created a little bit of unwanted history. No team prior to week five has ever scored 40 points or more in an NFL game, committed no turnovers, and not gone on to win that game. Well, that's exactly what the Browns did last week on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers. They scored 40 points, well, scored over 40 points in the game. They didn't turn the ball over, and yet they came up short in what was an absolute thriller. So we're going to put that week in our rearview mirror. Forget about week five. Flip the page and look ahead to week six in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Well, where else can we start in week six but with the team that's been all the talk in the NFL, largely for things that have gone on off the field. That is the Las Vegas Raiders, who have lost their head coach, John Gruden, after he tendered his resignation on Monday night following the release of emails over the past decade. It should be pointed out that none of the emails were sent whilst he was head coach of the Raiders. But ultimately, with all the talk, all the discussion, all the headlines, it came to a head Monday evening. He tendered his resignation and left his role as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And really, it explains or goes some of the way to explaining perhaps their poor showing last Sunday in defeat at home to the Chicago Bears. Prior to that, of course, they'd lost on the road in a primetime game to the Chargers. And having started out the season on fire with a 3-0 record and people potentially talking about the Raiders as Super Bowl contenders, they've now slipped to 3-2 and and they face a daunting task ahead of them this weekend. They have to go up to divisional rivals, the Denver Broncos, to play at altitude against one of the NFL's better defensive units. You look at um, what's happened with the Raiders over the last two weeks, clearly... There's been distractions outside of actually playing on the field. That's come to light. They were error-strewn in their defeat to the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears last Sunday. They only put nine points on the board. And now they face the top three-ranked defense in the NFL, possessed by the Broncos. Denver giving up fewer than anyone else in the NFL, barring the Buffalo Bills, averaging just 15 points conceded per game. Again, you emphasize that you take in the fact the game's going to be played at altitude. Denver, being at home, clearly used to that. The Raiders, not so. Uh, And it's just difficult to see how Derek Carr and this Raiders team can can get themselves together in time to play on Sunday against a, a Denver front that's got the likes of Von Miller available, arguably the best secondary in the whole National Football League as well in that defeat of course on Sunday to the Bears Derek Carr turned the ball over it this is this is a team that that is just distracted right now and however well they started the season 
I don't think it's completely 100% focused on football. Uh, you've, and br- the Broncos at home, I know that offensively they have struggled a little bit. They haven't put the points on the board. But defensively, they're a matchup for anyone in the NFL. And I think especially when you're not fully focused on the task at hand, this is a matchup the Denver Broncos will take all day long. The line has been set at 3.5. Denver are three and a half point favorites. Take it all day long. Take Denver at minus 3.5. Next, we head to the city of Detroit. And how much more can the Detroit Lions take? I mean, honestly, this season. They're 0-5 out of the gun. Everybody knew that it was a rebuilding season with a new head coach, Dan Campbell, a new quarterback uh, in Jared Goff. But they have had some heartbreaking defeats. You think about week three, the defeat at home to the Baltimore Ravens, where they pushed them all the way, and it took a 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker that was not only an NFL record in converting it, but it doinked off the crossbar. It could easily have come away. It didn't. It limped over. If that wasn't hard enough to take, then just look at the manner in which they lost at Minnesota last weekend. They were trailing late into the fourth quarter. They rally. They score a touchdown. They have a chance to kick an extra point to tie the game and take it to overtime. Dan Campbell, the head coach, says, no, no, we're going for the win. They go for the two-point conversion. They get it. There was only something like 30 seconds left on the clock. And yet, somehow, Kirk Cousins makes plays to put Minnesota in position to kick a 54-yard field goal with Greg Joseph. And as time expired, he made it. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, you have my heartfelt sympathies. I'm not quite sure how, how you managed to take it week in, week out. You, you could see what it meant to Dan Campbell um, in his post-game media conference. He was literally in tears. And emotionally, as much as anything else, that's got to be draining. Now, you factor in um, other circumstances. Starting centre, Frank Ragnow has undergone season-ending surgery on a toe injury this week. So he's gone for the season. Uh, Taylor Decker, their starting left tackle, hasn't played a single snap so far this season. In addition, Jeff Okuda, arguably their best cornerback, the number three overall pick from the 2020 draft. He's been lost to the season as well. And there's uh, several other um, players who would be starting this team that have struggled to, to actually get playing time on the field due to injuries. If you're the Detroit Lions, you need your best players on the field. We've already said it's a rebuilding season. It's a struggle. If you're going to win games, you need your best players available. And now look who you've got coming into town in the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they've been where the Detroit Lions are, and they seem to be coming out the other end of it. You've got to love what's going on up there in Cincinnati, and particularly the connection between quarterback Joe Burrow and rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase who's constantly putting up big numbers week in, week out, and finding his way to the end zone. And just the sheer fact that there was so much disappointment in defeat to the Green Bay Packers last weekend shows you how expectations have changed in Cincinnati and how far this team has come. And let's be honest, they had the opportunities to win the game. Their their kicker, Evan McPherson, in fact, thought he had. He jumped into the arms of a teammate. He was celebrating the field goal that would have been a walk-off field goal. Thanks very much. And yet it just just sailed wide of the left-hander upright, scraping the upright. Um, 
uh, it was a heartbreaker in itself. But look, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are just the better team here. Their passing game is complemented with a running game led by running back Joe Mixon. I know he's got an ankle injury. And if he can't go, it looks like rookie six-round pick Chris Evans will step into the breach and fill the void. But look, I know Dan Campbell's got his Lions team to play hard for 60 minutes every game. But the Bengals are just a better team in this. And factoring the the emotional turmoil uh, that it takes out of you losing two games like the Lions have, the line is set as the Bengals being three-point favorites. The Bengals at minus three. Take the Cincinnati Bengals in this one at minus three. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. Graves on Gridiron. Finally, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys. They made fools of me on this show last week, easily covering the spread. They go up to New England. They play in Foxborough to take on the Patriots. The odds makers have set the line at minus 3.5. I cannot remember the last time the Dallas Cowboys, either in Texas or up at Foxborough, went into a game against the Patriots as favourites. But they are so this weekend, and deservedly so. You look at what they're doing defensively, first of all, which is where they've improved most uh, this season. I think if you look over the stats of last season, uh, they're averaging maybe 36 points a game being conceded. That has come plummeting down. It's around 23 points a game this season now. That's a 13-point turnaround in itself. And it's led by second-year cornerback Trayvon Diggs, who got another interception last weekend in the win over the New York Giants. That's sixth for the, se- for the season. And we're fast getting to a point when I think coordinators are going to game plan not to throw at Trayvon Diggs. He has been that impressive so far. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball. Dak Prescott, coming off last season's season-ending ankle injury, people were worried about what sort of shape he'd come back in. Would he be tentative? He has been playing lights out this season. He's got an array of weapons to to look at as well, easy for me to say, with C.D. Lamb on one side. You've got Amari Cooper on the other. Cedric Wilson has stepped into the breach, a slot receiver nicely filling in for the injured Michael Gallup. You've got a tight end Schultz as well, who is fast becoming one of Dak Prescott's favorite targets. And we haven't even spoken about the running game. Remember, after week one in Dallas, when they threw the ball everywhere in a narrow defeat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the big complaints coming out of the Dallas media was that they hadn't even tried to run the ball against the Buccaneers. Well, since then, look out, because Ezekiel Elliott is looking like the Ezekiel Ellis of 2016, he looks to be back at his very best. And he's complemented well by the change of pace in running back Tony Pollard. Between them, they're averaging around five yards a carry. In itself, that's a tremendous foundation. So it's a case of pick your poison. Do you try and stop Zeke and, and Tony Pollard? Or do you try and double up on the receivers and cut down on the pass? Well, you're rarely going to have a better defensive mind to try and solve that conundrum than the head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick. We saw what he was able to do a couple of weeks ago against Tom Brady and that high-powered Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. But I also think there was a lot of emotion um, on that occasion for Tom Brady, which even the GOAT struggled to deal with. I don't think that same stress is on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys this time around. And I think it might prove to be a little bit more difficult to try and slow down this Cowboys offense, who, let's not forget, only once so far this season have they been held to fewer than 29 points in a game. That was week two, away to the LA Chargers. They only scored 20. It was still good enough 
to win that game. They're riding a four-game winning streak and now look at their opponents in week six. The New England Patriots have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, who was impressive last week in leading the team back from a double-digit deficit laid on to win the game in Houston. But overall, they're struggling to put points on the board. 96 points combined they've amassed through their first five points, five games rather, this season. That's fewer than 20 points a game. You, you're going to have to keep up with Dallas if you're going to beat them. I don't see how you manage to, to keep it to a low-scoring game and win in, in that instance. And it's a problem that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to have to try and resolve somehow. Um, you, you look at, at what the Patriots have been able to do overall. Their offense has only scored more than 17 points in a game twice this season. Once was against the New York Jets, once last week in the win over the Houston Texans. Look, the Cowboys are just a better team in this instance. They're rightfully the favorites. Three and a half points seems short to me. I think the Cowboys win by more than that. They win handily. So I'm taking the Cowboys at minus 3.5. So just to recap then on the three games that we've selected this week, First of all, we start up in Denver. The Las Vegas Raiders are in town to play the Denver Broncos. Take the Broncos at minus 3.5. Then in our second game, the Cincinnati Bengals are the visitors to Detroit. Emotionally, the Detroit Lions must be nearly done at this point. The Bengals at minus three, take them in that game. And then the last of our three games this week, take the Dallas Cowboys on the road, the New England Patriots at minus 3.5. This will be in written form on my website, www.rdgmedia.uk. You can hit me up on Twitter as well, at Richard Graves one Remember, it is supposed to be a bit of fun. Wish you the best of luck and look forward to chatting more NFL with you next week. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.